we're back with another episode. Well, oh, I'm sorry. We're 99% sure that we're back. It's the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford. Come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos. I think we're live. Uh, it says we're live. I think it's a live showing. I'm 99% yep. sure it's live. Are we live? We're live. We're, you're, you're 99% sure we're live. I'm 99.9% sure we're live, Gerald. Okay, because Luca said we were not live yesterday. He said we were compressed and uploaded. No, we were live. Okay, because that's why it says live in the YouTube part. Yes, on that part. Yeah, the I, uploads I see are it right actually. There. Yeah, the row the row below it says uploads, you know, or actually a couple rows below it says uploads. Those are uploaded, yes. But those when it says live, we were kind of live. I'm 99% sure live but it's the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassford coming right back at you here from lakers fast break pop culture cosmos where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week twice a week wherever you get your podcasts and on our latest episode we talk star wars ahsoka we talk marvel's loki i got a chance to see the season ending for one and the season beginning for the other i'll let you know some of my thoughts on that plus also as well some of the things that are going on in the world of entertainment, including a $400 million gamble by Universal on some exorcisms. Watch my neck turn, head turn. Uh, will it pay off? We share our thoughts on that on Leo's Pop Culture Cosmos right there on the PCC Multiverse. But also as well, inside sports fantasy football, my good friend sitting next to me, the magic man, Sean Grice, he, Joe Sorrow, along with Chris Ardieri from the Domination Sports Nation, we talk about NFL Week 5 and why you should go ahead and check your lineups because it's bye week time for some teams. Go ahead and make sure you check your lineups today. Plus, is Puka still going to continue his hot streak as far as record setting streak as a rookie? We'll go ahead and talk about that right there on Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Plus also as well, Joe Soro, who is busy. Busy Joe Soro. He is still available. Even though he's not here tonight, he is still available right there for you at LakersBall.com, a Sox Plus also as well, he owns a company which he's busy at, because that's the only word I've heard from him in a couple of days now is busy. And that's he's busy with Simblades. Simblades for the Y.com. Also, as well, our good friends, Laker Tom, the number one Lakers blogger that's out there, and Jamie Sweet, who both have confirmed will be here tomorrow for Lakerholic Spotlight, along with my good friend, the guy next to me, Magic Man Sean Grice. Those guys will be available for Lakerholic Spotlight tomorrow at 3 p.m., Saturday, of course. But also, as well, they host a great site in and of itself, as Laker Tom is the number one Lakers blogger that's out there, and Jamie Sweet with those five things. Go ahead and check out what they do today at Lakerholics.com. Also, as well, some great people that always stop on by Lakers in Five, Empire Jeff TV, and also John McCallion. Go ahead and support their YouTube channels, Lakers in Five and Empire Jeff TV. Also, great coverage of the Lakers. John McCallion always tells you like it is as far as life and some great conversations that he always seems to have and streams that he always seems to do on his quest to get 130 pounds lighter by the end of the year. Hopefully he will go ahead and do just that, but go ahead and check out his inspirational journey on the John McCainlian channel as well. I will say that 
also you could go ahead and subscribe. And if you subscribe today on the little Joe right there, the BDI Joe, if you click on that, you'll be subscribed and you'll get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the best Lakers chat room that's out there as well, the Lakers Fast Break. I'm 99% sure you're actually interacting with us live, okay, because I got called out on it yesterday. It was, you know, viewers, 99% sure, Luca, shout out to you, Luca, who always watches, and I got to give him credit and mucho credit for that. I'm 99% sure he was watching us thinking, as he said, he was 99% sure that yesterday's showing was not live even though it was live so the interactions we had with you according to luca's 99 percent sure was not there but you know what it is what it is go ahead magic man as joe appears in front of us right before our very eyes go ahead yeah gerald i was gonna say i'm 99 percent sure we're not holograms but we can't be too sure well, you never know. AI now owns the world now. So, yeah, absolutely. We could be AI. He could be 99% sure we are AI. That's right. That's true. I mean, how yeah. do I know I'm talking to the real Gerald Glassford right now? Exactly. Absolutely. If you've got Tom Hanks pitching dental plans, you could have me just, <laughs> you know, AI pitching the Lakers fast break. There you go, indeed. <laughs> But the best Lakers chat room that I am more than 99% sure is out there is here at the Lakers Fast Break. And also here today, Joe Soro. Go ahead and check him out today at LakersBall.com. And also as well, of course, he's got his company, which he's been very busy at, Simblades, SimbladesWithAY.com. I will say tomorrow's game, the first exhibition game, is coming up here rather quickly, Saturday evening, 5.30 p.m. Please go ahead and check out our coverage, playback.tv slash Lakers fast break playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. We've got some great coverage planned for there. Plus also the post game right here on YouTube and Facebook and Twitch and all that on the Lakers fast break. Got a ton of coverage tomorrow as the Lakers start their exhibition season against the golden state warriors indeed. But my friends, it is of course that game we're talking about and LeBron James, unfortunately will not be a part of it and neither will Austin Reeves. So what as we as Lakers fans need to focus in on as far as what to look forward to for that game. First man up, first man here, good man indeed. He is the madman from Toronto. He did get out of Toronto traffic to talk about what he expects or looks forward to seeing tomorrow against Golden State. It is the Magic Man, Sean Grice, the Magic Man. I'm 99% sure that you are here, and I'm not more than 99 percent sure i am glad to have you here truly appreciated my friend your thoughts though on tomorrow's game and you know with lebron being out austin being out there's also a possibility ad will be called out there or he probably won't play very long or d'angelo russell probably won't play very much as well what are some of the things that you're looking forward to when you're going ahead and watching this game and analyzing it and maybe trying to take some things out of it for the games to come. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, Gerald, the first one that comes to mind is uh, how much chemistry are we going to see from Gabe Vincent and D'Angelo Russell now? Because it's mm-hmm. obvious that he's inserted into the starting lineup because Reeves is uh, uh, held out. So that, that'll be principle number one for me. And yeah, Christian Wood's going to probably be 
regarding threes and fours tomorrow at some point. So that'll be interesting. Uh, those are probably the. Well, Kern was asking in our in our comments. He was saying that he was confident that Christian Woods might be able to to guard some threes, and I don't know. That's that's going to be the case, but could give it a try in the exhibition season and see what happens. You could always give it a shot. The games yes. don't count. So yes. <laughs> when they do start counting. I'm 99% sure they don't count. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm very skeptical that can work in the regular season. But, hey, it's the preseason. Give it a shot. Yes, absolutely. But uh, you know, is this going to be something? Is there uh, other, anything else right now? Or I'll tell you what, I'll let you think about that as far as a player. Well, he, or two. He's, he's definitely at some point going to try that three guard lineup. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's my that's, a that's, that's a given. That's a given. That's a given. Death taxes now, and, and Darvin Ham's trying a three guard lineup. There you go. Mm-hmm. But also here today, good man indeed. He is, of course, Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. Plus, also as well, of course, you know him as. The guy behind Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com. It is Joe Sorrow. Joe, good to have you here. I know you've been busy. That's the only word I got from you. So when you're only able to only give me one word, and uh, I can understand that you must be truly busy, but I'm glad to have you here. I'm 99% sure it's you. Your thoughts, my friend, on what you're looking forward to tomorrow. It is going to be a depleted lineup because they're holding some players out. Your thoughts on what you'll be looking towards for the Lakers game tomorrow against the Golden State Warriors. Well, I'm hoping there's a uh, an offensive scheme that's going to be easily implemented regardless of who's playing. That's what I'm going to be looking for in the preseason. Uh, it's actually a good thing that LeBron and, 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 and Austin are not playing. I want to see what this lineup looks like with two of their main guys not playing. If they if the offense flows well and does well, then it's a good sign that there is a system that's going to be taught that can be interchangeable depending on who you put in there. Obviously with LeBron and the ADs there, there's the, the, the offense will be set up better, but we need, we need those 15 to 20 minutes a game to be covered by the depth that they have. Is there any particular players that you're going to see? Maybe some good first impressions that you're hoping for on Saturday. I, I don't. I. It's gonna be. It's gonna be tough to really gauge how good certain players are gonna be. The preseason is the preseason. It's just even if they play well, it's still gonna be well. It's preseason. Uh, if they play bad, then. It could be well. It's preseason, so I, I don't really, I don't really know. I, I'd like to. I think they're playing six games, if I'm if I'm correct. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so if you can come out of the preseason with you know like a, a, a three and three record, and you've been able to show a little bit of what might be, I I would be satisfied in in in, in that part of the process, but. Uh, more than anything is we're we're waiting on game one here against Denver. And if this is a stepping stone to getting that particular team ready for game one and of course game two, and they're able to compete 
and at least maybe split those two games, then I'll start to feel better in terms of probably where the Lakers are going to go because the the first 10 games are going to be tough. It's going to be tough. A lot of road games. Uh, I don't remember this many road games uh, right out the gate. Uh, usually the trip to Florida is usually around February. That's usually when I, at least when I remember, I should say the, the Southeast. So get that out of the way and, and, and appreciate that you're going to be at your most fresh with these challenging games at the beginning. And then come February, you'll have more of an advantage where you'll be playing at home and having uh, uh, having the advantage then when you're not as fresh as you are now. So that's there's a there is a there is some advantages here in terms of how the schedule is setting up, and of course we're going to find out if the Lakers' uh, acquisitions in terms of depth come to a positive situation, which is. Again, that's going to allow the Lakers to, to, to keep everybody fresh, especially LeBron and AD throughout the year. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. If you have a better movie in the can, why is that not the movie that you released in the first place? I would say it's more culturally relevant than The Simpsons and Rick and Morty. Like, it has become a staple of American entertainment. I think Dragon Age 4 is carrying the future of Bioware on its shoulders. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. It is Gerald Glassford along with Matching Man Sean Grice and Joe Sorrell. Thanks so much for joining us again. Truly appreciated. Magic Man, when it comes to what you're seeing with tomorrow's game, I know that, again, you know, we always jest about the three-guard lineups that he. we know that Darvin Ham, who is still, <laughs> as you see Brian's green at the comment at the beginning of the show, still to this day uh, <laughs> getting some brushback. Remember, at this time last season, or last year, excuse me, uh, everybody was just roasting him. Fire ham, fire ham, fire ham is what we got. Even after a Western Championship Finals run, there's still some brushback because Brian Green was saying on Media Day, Darvin Ham said last year they didn't have corporate knowledge. After 17 championships, he needs to go. Uh, I, again, he's still got a long contract and I don't see him choking on that money unless something really bad's happened for the Lakers. Your thoughts though, on what Darvin ham may roll out there. I'm going to get into what Kurt said about lineups here in a minute, what to look forward to, but what do you think Darvin ham is going to roll out there come Saturday night? Uh, yeah, you know, Gerald, I think just based upon what we know about ham, he's going to throw the kitchen sink. I think. At this preseason game, just yeah, because the first LeBron, one. LeBron, Austin Reeves aren't there, I'd expect to see pretty much a lot of what it what he has in his tool bag. Um, he's also he's also prone to obviously not uh, keep uh, sh- keeping his cards close to the vest, Gerald, as far as not showing a lot. So I'd expect to see a lot of high pick and rolls early on. AD uh, likely with Gabe Vincent. I'd look forward to seeing what what kind of sets they have for Christian Wood. Um, look, if he's going to be a pick a pop guy, 
then you know who's going to be who's going to be the guard that he relies on for those DHOs, the dribble handoffs. Who's yeah. it going to be? Is it going to be Gabe Vincent? Is it going to be Max Christie? Is it going to be D'Angelo Russell? Who knows? But all I know is that uh, you know if you want to get creative with Christian Wood, Gerald, first preseason game is is probably the right one. Uh, the Warriors have a small lineup, uh, even with Draymond Green and without Draymond. They're going small, so I, I expect Christian Wood to be able to take advantage of the uh, personnel. And that's something Kurt Affair said in the chat, the best Lakers chat room that's out there, the Lakers fast break. Joe is, uh, he's looking at, you know, our, for our suggestions on some things that we might want to point toward to as far as some things is with the limited amount of players that we have as far as no LeBron, no Austin Reeves. Uh, I don't know of any other changes, although don't be surprised. Keep your eye on Twitter for anybody else being held out of the game. But I will say, though, that the thing I'm looking forward to the most personally is to see how much they will play, if at all, basically AD and Christian Woods together. I would love to see how they go ahead and maybe get to start working together and seeing if that's going to start to click at all. Your thoughts on some of the things, some of the lineups you'd like to see or some, you know, it's just some players working with each other in that first game. I want to see a uh, front line of AD and Christian Wood. I want to see what a two big man offense looks like when the lane is open. We haven't had that in the LeBron AD era. So I'm, I'm looking, that's probably the most intriguing lineup we're waiting on. So this, this, Tomorrow, this preseason game tomorrow, uh, I'm assuming D'Angelo uh, Russell will start. Uh, maybe Torian Prince plays the two with with uh, with um, Vanderbilt playing the three. I I would want to see since, and I'm using I'm only saying that because we've heard Torian Prince has been has been put in to the starting lineup in certain cases. So I'd like to see if if that might be something that would work. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it will, but I do know that if you have the floor spread out, we're going to find out if these guys can hit shots. So that's probably the most important one for me. Cause I have a pretty good feeling Gabe Vincent's going to play good defense. He'll make a shot here and there, but I want to see how ultimately with today's NBA, how are we, going to play in that particular offense because now we do have certain personnel that will allow us to do that. Is it realistic? Is Christian Wood going to understand that he plays a huge part in this team really ascending to the top three in the in the West and he, he, he him making those shots when he has the opportunity just it, it'll it's going to be a problem for the opposition. Uh, so that's that's the that's what I'm going to be looking for. I want to see how this how Darvin Ham sets the lineups, and I had said that D'Angelo Russell is going to be the the uh, outcast if he's not playing well. I think the only person on this team that's going to probably get it worse is Darvin Ham. I'm starting to get a pulse that people are waiting for Darvin Ham to screw up. So we're going to have to be. Here on a lot of post-game shows, trying to figure out if we're going to defend Darvin Ham or if we are going to try to basically roll with the with the punches. 
we're only six months removed from fire ham fire ham still constantly being it doesn't matter i can feel there's something brewing oh i know i'm just telling you that they're waiting for him to slip up there's a lot and and it'll be it could be the first game brian green already said that uh, here earlier in the chat already because he he set he set himself at least verbally he set himself up for what i always try to tell anyone like don't talk i'm not saying don't i'm not saying be bill belichick no i'm not i'm not saying that but don't I don't like, oh, we were fantastic today. I've never heard a good coach talk like that. Good coaches don't talk like that. That's not good. Maybe Darvin Ham's the exception. I don't know. But I don't like that kind of talk. I like, well, you know, we we ran a couple sets tonight. And, you know, I was very happy on some sets. And then the others were, uh, I don't know, you know, kind of keep it, keep it, uh, keep it kind of even. At least that's how I would do it. Because if... You go into game one and two and you get blown out or you're not competitive. Now you just come out looking like a fool. Like what was going on during preseason or before then that was so good? What what were you saying? Were you just trying to put in positive reinforcements? You know, these are professionals. These are grown men. I think they can understand when they're screwing up and when not screwing up. Or if he's really truly being honest and then they come out and just blow out Denver and Denver and then play a good game against Phoenix to where they separate towards the end of the game and win the game. Then I'm like, all right, well, it looks like uh, maybe something, maybe something's brewing here. So that's kind of how I look at it. Oh, Alice, we know that. I mean, but remember a year ago at this time, Alice, a lot of people were just very divisive on Darvin Ham. There was already quite a movement uh, in, in our audience to go ahead and fire Ham already, Sean. Yeah, he hadn't even coached a game yet. Yeah, and they're already saying fire ham, fire ham, fire ham. And, you know, 2-10, and those fire ham chants and those fire ham comments uh, to Alice out there got really, really loud and really, really pronounced. And even halfway through the season where the Lakers were still all, you know, not exactly entirely the team that they were now, it was still a tough go for him amongst our fan base. And then as Rob made the changes and you started to see, you know, improvements in the coaching. I talked about that, that quintessential game in Minnesota late in the season where it just looked like the light bulb went on and he got it. He made the changes in the second half necessary. You saw it. You saw actual lineup changes. You actually saw coaching maneuvers that were executed out there on the floor to really get them in a right direction. And you saw that as a turnaround, and obviously we saw what happened since. They went to the Western Conference Finals. But still, it seems like, I I agree with Joe, that we may have to defend, but we're going to call it like we see it. Ultimately, we have to call it like we see it. People watch this channel because we call it like we see it. So if Darvin Ham's not doing it, then we'll call it. But if he is doing it, we're going to have to defend him. And I have no problems with that. But your thoughts on Darvin Ham heading into this exhibition season, my friend. Yeah, Joe, Joe brought up a, a really great point there. No, really. Alice, it was actually Fire Ham. Fire it Ham. Was fire Ham. Fire it Ham. Was fire if it you was. want to go look look at from a year ago today, the show's on there, especially at the beginning of the season as well. It was Fire Ham. Fire Ham. Fire Ham. It, it was. It was. It was Fast and Furious. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, uh, Gerald, this show is about vigilant authenticity. Whether that people agree or don't agree, that's what we deliver here. So that's kind of what Joe's talking about. It's either a vigilant defense of him or a vigilant offense against him. Uh, it's going to be one or the other. Uh, I, it's funny Joe. Joe's feeling that in the ether. I kind of feel that too, uh, and obviously Gerald does as well. So, uh, yeah, Gerald, any any whiff of you know a start that could per, uh, could lead to another um, just abysmal uh, beginning to a season could spell a lot of. Uh, they're not going to do anything to him, but his seat is going to get really hot really quick. But. We'll go ahead and make sure, again, as always, we tell you like it is. We share it from our hearts. We share it. We're not here to go ahead and tell you otherwise. We're not company shills. We're not team shills. But especially Joe, you know he's going to tell you always like it is. Well, the, the, a lot of times make uh, making, that, uh, making that announcement kind of takes away from the the actual delivery of that. It's... It's almost like saying I'm I'm the boss. Bosses don't necessarily need to say they're the bosses. Now I do say it for comfort of clients, and I say it just like that. I said, "Look, I'm the and if I'm tight with them, I'll I'll even use some profanity. I'm like, look, I'm the mother effing boss. And I'm not telling you that to boast. I'm telling you that that there's no one else that you have to worry about. That's this, the, the context is important. The context is very important. It's not to boast. I don't. You don't need to boast about you being a badass. It's about comfort. It's about knowing that there isn't some guy over here trying to weasel his way into a couple bucks uh, under your under your umbrella. So, anyways, the telling it like it is. It's. I don't know where sports journalism, if you can call it that. I don't know when it gets back to where it should be. I don't know if the audience truly wants it yet. I haven't figured it out yet because this has happened because the audience wants, I guess, what they're getting fed that might play a part or their attention spans are somewhere. I don't know. Uh, I think ultimately the reason why there's such bad commentary is I think there's a lot of podcasts now. So there's a, just a lot more noise than it used to be. And then when you watch the professional shows on ESPN and the, the other, these other places, they're, 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 most of the people that were hired onto those shows were not likely hired due to their skill sets. It's either their appearance or some kind of um, demographic uh, checklist that they had to make. And I heard something really good today from a very, very, very popular person that still isn't popular enough in my book. His name is uh, Thomas Soul. He had mentioned something in a, uh, in one of his books where he said, uh, are you going to fly on a plane with pilots who were, I guess, hired for certain evening situations i'm trying to keep it subtle or do you want to want the, the the airline to hire the best freaking pilot that they you can find and i think that's the mentality of 
that's kind of gotten lost in a lot of these things. I think we're not we're not giving the audience enough of what they should be listening to and what they should be watching. And I think a lot of that comes from knowledge and the, the ability to to execute it and then obviously entertain at the same time. It's it's an ongoing thing. And it can come off as, however it can come off. I'm you know, I've been called we've been called things on this show. Some people don't like us, some people do. You know, that's part of the game. And and a lot of times it's actually a good thing that they don't like us because more often than not it's a Howard Stern effect where they'll listen to you more when they don't like you. So that's a good thing. Uh, but we're not, I, I'm not here to, to, to be hated. I, I, I never have that mindset when we come in here, but what's important is we fell into a little bit of a trap last year. We wanted Darman ham to be fired. We wanted Jeannie to sell the team. We wanted Rob to come out of whatever rat hole he was in and be taken out. <laughs> I think that was a little, I don't want to say unfair, but just too emotional for, for guys like us. I think I've looked back on it and said, you know, I, we went about that the wrong way. I just, don't feel that way. I, I feel I that way that. about everything except the Rob Polinka rat hole thing, no, Joe. That's fine. We see it. That's fine. That's fine. But what, what, what needed to be, what's important too, is we need to understand that circumstance, when people make mistakes, we have to understand that there's a process even after that, right? Uh, and we cannot. We can be crit. We can be critical. We can say, "Where the heck is Rob?" Like I, I, I don't regret that part. Like, where is the leader of this team? Right? That's fine. But I thought we got a little too personal. I think that's probably my regret. I don't. I don't. I'm not very happy with myself and saying that Jeannie should go back to selling tickets for the circus. I think that was kind of harsh. Uh, but well, there I, was, and I defended her on that, but I just that, thought. So it, this, it there's a, yeah, there's well, a, let me just, let me just say this. I also thought as well, when it comes to her record as an owner, it wasn't that good when you look at it in perspective, as far as yes, one championship, but several non playoff teams and something better happen sooner rather later. Otherwise, you may it, it just looks like you should be you go and, and, and possibly start thinking about selling the team if you're not going to build a successful organization, which has now happened. But at that time, it was kind of like on the fence because we had several non-playoff teams under her control. So that's I wasn't saying going back to like you wasn't as harsh as that. I just said if we are not building a consistent winner, maybe we need to look somewhere else. But now that yeah. we have, a, so it looks like it's going to be a winner for at least the next season or two going forward. Yeah, obviously now everything's okay. I, so. I don't remember getting personal other than, than when Gerald... You were the brought, one that got personal. That's other, yeah, that, yeah, other than when Gerald brought up the whole Jay Moore looking like uh, yeah, a well, member of the personal. of the uh, Sopranos crew. But uh, that I agree. Was, I agree. That yeah. was funny. Uh, a lot of truth is said in jest, Joseph. So I yeah yeah I, yeah I, I'm trying to for the Jay Moore deep dives well, and all yeah to... yeah yeah I understand what what Joe what Joe's saying um, but we also have to we also have to remember that part of being authentic is the meat's on the bone everybody can see it it's raw that's the point that's the point of being authentic and I think that's what gets lost a lot of times Gerald is that 
with the authenticity sometimes comes rawness. And you will kind of hear that on playback with me and Joe a lot this year. Um, yes, that <laughs> because, we will. Because it just, it's natural. Um, you know, I, if my uh, my family heard my mouth sometimes when I am watching games, I sometimes I think they might disown me. <laughs> I like what wow. Kenneth Stone has. He's calling Joe Jizzle. How about that? Oh. Jizzle Joe. Sweet. There you go. All right. I, I don't know what that means. That's 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 a compliment, <laughs> Joseph. That's a compliment. thank you, Kenneth. You I, I don't know what it means, but thank you. Uh, there's <laughs> there's 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 a, at least relief that the mistake that they made two years ago is finally out of their hair, and that's the part where yeah, they got the hump. It was a bad. It was it was a, a a bad reaction to another decision made by another franchise that I that obviously shouldn't have taken place. Uh, at the time, we were I was supportive of it because I thought maybe it might work, but obviously it didn't. But there's there needs to be tangible and legitimate gripes and positive reinforcements and things like that. It's got to be backed up. It can't just be somebody coming on here and just blabbering. Uh, you have to, you have to back up why you're frustrated, why I'm trying to set the table here. Cause I, I I'm feeling already that the, the crowd wants to pick it outside for Darvin ham and likely D'Angelo Russell. Uh, it's actually shifted from D'Angelo Russell now to to, to Darvin Ham. Well, Darvin Ham again. Uh, he's proven to me that I think that he can be a, a decent coach in this league so far, from what I've seen. Ever since he started to make the turn, uh, you know, obviously still the pension for the three guard lineups aside, uh, he, Sean and Joe, I think that I saw improvement in his coaching that I want to give him a fair chance, and I hope that continues. Comes to D'Angelo Russell. I think during the regular season, Sean, I don't have an issue with him during the regular season. I think he's going to be what he's going to be. The problem is he got exploited for his weaknesses in the playoffs, and he can only give you – he couldn't give you a consistent four-quarter play. He had some bursts when he was there and bursts when he was not there. We saw that, where he really took over game for, what, a five-minute stretch, then was not you know part of the really – rotation or not really part of the lineup or not really impactful at other points, you know, in these contests, but still he gave it to you at times. He didn't give it to you at times, but when it came down to the Western conference final, they've kind of figured him out on the Denver end. That's what I'm worried about when it comes to D'Angelo Russell. It's not during the regular season. It's later, but regular season, my friend, we should see a solid performance from D'Angelo Russell, especially coming in what is essentially a contract year. I agree, Gerald. Uh, hard, hard to add on to anything you just said. Yeah, um, he's he's relatively durable, relatively productive, um, efficiency. You know that that's could go hand in hand. Um, it's an issue once in a while, but for the most part, yeah, he's he's uh, steady as she goes, Gerald. As far as the uh, the wins and the seas of the eighty two game season, you're right. Yeah, it's, it's it's a it's a playoff it's a playoff conundrum 
with yeah. uh, D'Angelo Russell. He didn't play well uh, in his, his first uh, cup of coffee in the playoffs with Minnesota, Gerald. He kind of got the monkey off his back a little bit in that uh, Golden State series. Uh, but he was played off the floor. Another another player who's played off the floor. So uh, it, it's it's going to it, – he's got to meet the moment because, again, Drew, like you said, uh, it's going to come down to what are you going to do in the playoffs because he's, he's a relatively known commodity in the regular season. So what are you going to do come playoff time? Yeah, and that's pretty much what it comes down to, Joe. It's like uh, D'Angelo – yeah, shot making, but yeah, it's I mean, not, he, he's going to be exploited on the defensive end. He better and, make up for it on the offense. And that's the only way. That's the only way this works. It's just the more you look at that series against Denver, the more you have to understand that Denver made shots. We didn't. I agree. I agree. That's it. Sorry, that's, I was that's helping really why. Battle. That's really why they lost. It's no other. Are you? Uh, are you guys all right? No. He, yeah, I, we're good. We're good. We're good. Does he have some like hot cocoa with the with yeah the mar- marshmallows? Yes. There you go. I said, there you go. It's, well, it's cold up there. It's still ninety five. It's cold. It's cold. It's it's October, it's, Joseph. It was ninety seven damn degrees. I, I I had to come in three times today while I was working. I was like Jesus. I got one of those uh, towels that you wet. The thing that Dwayne Wade used to plug. Yes. Man, that thing saved me. <laughs> I forgot I had it. I was like, oh man, here. <laughs> Put it. Don't, I, I would have done it different. I would have put it in ice water, but I was just wanting to get it wet just to put it on my neck. Man, as soon as I put it on my neck, I was able to withstand the heat just on me the whole time. Yeah, next next week we're supposed to get some snow too. So, Oh, my God. And still 95 here. Jeez Louise. All right. Whatever. Okay. No wonder he's got the hot chocolate out. But once again, it is the Lakers fast break. Truly appreciate you joining us. Toon Dog, I put in an article that was came from August on the Lakers' new City Edition uniform for 23-24. I uh, hope that answers partially your question because I know you were asking about the Lakers' uniforms coming up for this season. If I get any more info on that, I will go ahead and pass that along. But, Joe, before I forget even further, Magic Man didn't even remind me. I was 99% sure, Magic Man, you were going to remind you, but Kurt Affair got it for us both. And that is the announcement yesterday by Joel Embiid that he's going to be a member of Team USA. Your thoughts, he's an American citizen, uh, recently became an American citizen. Your thoughts, you know, with what you said in past in regards to international teams, international or players from this country playing overseas for other countries and all that. What are your thoughts on Joel Embiid? if all goes well and he's healthy playing for team USA. I think it's a good thing. I think that's a first step in likely putting together a roster. That's going to win the Olympic gold. Okay. So I'm all right. a, you know, American citizen playing for America. Sounds about right. Okay. Just want to make he, sure is he, is, uh, you can have dual citizenships, right? That. Well, he was more. given an option. He could play for Cameroon, he could play for France, and he could also play for the U.S. He was given okay. the option of playing for all three. Okay. Cameroon uh, was still in a position where they had to qualify. France, you know, is hosting, so they automatically qualified. And Team USA the same. So, I'm just, I'm just, looks I'm just like, wondering what your thoughts are. It looks like there's some campaigning already starting and getting this going now. He was born in Cameroon, although this is the first time I've ever heard Cameroon having a basketball team, so I don't know. 
I guess it makes sense. Uh, they won he... the African Championships, but they still needed to go ahead and qualify to get into the Olympics. They were going to okay. be part. They're going to be part of a round robin tournament. I think later this year or next, early next year, in order to qualify for that. For, uh, France, because it was a uh, Cameroon was a uh, French controlled mm-hmm. or French owned. Yeah, it, you, that that part you know about as far as that's concerned. Then of course Team USA as well. So, so if he I was born in, in India a hundred years ago, and it was during the English occupation, would I be English now? No, you might have that option. <laughs> Who knows these? I mean, if Kyle Anderson that, that can go make play, any play sense, for Gerald, but if you know if Kyle, well, well they speak French. I do speak French. If Kyle Anderson <laughs> can play for China, Magic Man, any logic oh my into God, this? All man. right, so if I'm born in Morocco and they speak Arabic and French, do I play for Iraq and Belgium? If you're good enough and they want you bad enough, they. they I wasn't going to go this route. Actually, I was just going to talk about Embiid, but then you threw that curveball at me. And I'm like, what? Cameroon, France, isn't that two different countries? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into the. I'm not going to get into it. I, I, okay. Just making sure. The wheels are spinning in Joe's head right now, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. They're really spinning. Is, is, <laughs> I've always sky, heard it's beautiful, but Kurt. I've always there's heard no clouds. Casablanca. When there's no clouds in the sky, do, 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 is do, the do, sky do, not blue? And all the gin joints and all or the world. Yeah, somebody to going to tell me it's you. red because they feel like it's red. There's one thing that will never change, and that's that. There are things in life that are obvious. I don't care what you say at that point. That's where I can probably get a little bit more stern on that. I'll be watching the Dodgers uh, more because I'll be I'll be traveling all week. I'll have to, I'll, so, I'll be traveling all week. So he will not be. Uh... Yeah, he'll be here when he can. But yeah, I just yeah, it's can't gonna be difficult much. for me to be. Yeah sitting down somewhere and actually this is like not a vacation but it's more of just kind of seeing people I haven't hung out with in a while and and being available uh for a week instead of two days usually i don't stay places too long but i've i told everyone i'd, I'd be around for a week to, to hang out and see what's going on but i'll be i'll be watching football uh sunday morning at one of our favorite restaurants there back home and then uh, and then, of course, there's a lot of sports going on. You have preseason NBA basketball. You have the playoffs, the baseball playoffs. You have football. So yeah, it's it's there's a there's a lot of sports going on right now. I will tell you though that when it comes to what Alice is talking about, do you think Reeves has any chance to make the Olympics team? If every let's just assume everybody's healthy, Alice. It's a great question. Uh, even if uh, he improves, Sean to the same level that he improved earlier this calendar year that allowed him the opportunity to make the FIBA team. Even if he improves, it's still at his position going to be very hard for him to go ahead and get a spot on the team. I mean, you've got off the top of my head, you've got Booker, Steph Curry, Dillian Lillard, Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving right there. That's four right there. 
could be Bradley Beal involved plus, in the mix. Plus Gerald, we also have Mikhail Bridges, who's likely to make the team. Yeah, one of the two yeah, players. So. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, they could have a say into it. You know, Chris Middleton. You know, if he ever if he plays like he used to play, and if, you know, on a, if Milwaukee goes on a nice run, that he could be getting a lot of momentum for that uh, team. Yeah. I I think the Olympic team needs the the top tier players. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying that they for specific because how they sometimes get specialists. If Middleton gets back to where he becomes a specialist from out of the outside, that could be a possibility because they will they will always they always have like one player that's a specialist that they always put on the team for some reason. But then you also have again Embiid, you have maybe Bam Adebayo, you have Anthony Davis, you have LeBron. It's going to be tough, Alice, for uh, Austin to kind of crack that rotation. He'll be on the team, the team select team, if they want to go ahead and, you know, run against them in practice. But yeah, it's going to be going to be really hard for that. Uh, Kenneth Stone says the Lakers need Deion Sanders as the coach of the Lakers. Uh, I know everybody's been infatuated him, uh, you know, based off his three and two start for Colorado. Your thoughts, though, Joe, on Deion Sanders as the coach for the Los Angeles Lakers? Oh. <laughs> he it, it goes back to the the huff and puff of sports i'm a sean and i are big nick saban fans and winning in college football is it's 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 a lot of stuff it's not just going and coaching and worrying about your team you got to recruit you got to deal with the educational part of things now the nil thing and the transfer portal, which transfer is like portal, yeah. free agency 24-7 the, now. The thing with, with Deion Sanders, I, I, I asked me in five years how Deion Sanders is. At the end of the day, it's about winning. If you're going to have this kind of hype, you need to win. But he needs a couple more recruiting classes of top-notch players to continue to I guess, back up what he's doing. If he's truly going to change college football, which I don't even know what that means. What, what does that mean, changing college f- football? Is it supporting players to have more uh, individualism? I don't know. I that That's already been solved. Players are getting paid for their likeness, all that stuff. So I don't, I don't know necessarily what Deion And Sanders the player portal has been very – it's very good about giving players another chance if, let's say, they get buried in – in rosters, they can go and find another chance a lot easier to play the game that they want to be playing. So I think the the thing with college football that I'm in, I'm waiting for is I'm waiting for the, the finality of the constant maneuvering of conferences. Just get this thing figured out. I mean, just the, the fact that somebody's telling me that UCLA, have to, USC. Have three, have three super conferences, and then let's just get on with it because that's where it's going. It, it, yeah, just get it over with. Uh, I don't. College football is an amazing sport. Not not just the 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 interaction of the fan base. To, to put it in perspective, you look at the Detroit Lions and how they've been the last 50 years, uh, with exception of a few years here and there. They're just not supported like they are in Ann Arbor. You go to Ann Arbor, and there's a butt in every seat on that 103,000 stadium. I think it might be more now. It's it's a different sport, man, when it comes to uh, fan interaction. 
So I think college football needs to just be better than all the other leagues or all the other sports in that, look, cut this Pac-12, Big 12 thing and just get that thing situated. The players are finally getting what they want, so that's good. They can get in and out if they have to. Now it's time for let's get the the teams all situated conference-wise, conference championship-wise, playoff-wise, so that we can enjoy ultimately what, what we think is going to happen here in college football. If Deion Sanders plays a, a part in that, which he won't, the thing is with Deion is I don't know anything other than him being Deion Sanders is being benefit, is a benefit. Like, okay, it's Deion Sanders, but that stuff runs out if you don't win. Well, I give him credit for at least getting them off to a good start. They were their team that was expected here in Vegas to get to three wins total on the season, and they're already there. So I give him at least credit for that. Usually, there's not enough energy. Does Deion Sanders have enough energy to do this year in and year out? That's going to be the question. That's the okay. question that I have. Does he have the energy? I, I'm. I, I'm. I remember when I was growing up. Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders were two-way players. Deion Sanders was playing football and baseball on the same day. And I remember thinking at that time, like, this is just unreal. How is he's playing football and then he's playing in the playoffs? As a, And football is hard on the body, but it's a little easier when you're that athletic to play football versus hitting a 95 or a 97-mile-an-hour breaking ball. And by the way, Joe, since you brought that up, I'd like to say rest in peace to Dick Buckus, who yes, is yes, probably the greatest absolutely. two-way player in football history. Absolutely. It's, it's – and I, I thought Tim McCarver at the time criticizing Dion for doing something that was unprecedented. I, that never made sense to me. Like, what do you – why why are you criticizing this? This is a a this is something that hasn't happened really. I mean, Brian Jordan sort of did it around that time. It, yeah, it's like watching a comet in the sky and saying it's going too fast. And I it's remember going. thinking, I remember thinking, man, how cool would it be if Dion wins a World Series and a Super Bowl? I remember that. I was like, dude, this guy's gonna win a, a World Series and a Super Bowl? Like, what the hell kind of career is this? And I would, I also love the fact that when he hit a ball in the gap, it was going to be a triple. He would get triples with because he was so fast. And I don't think we appreciated, or well, at least I thought there were people that, I don't know why they didn't appreciate that, but in, it, when it comes to coaching, this it's very hard for great players to coach. Because is Dion going to have enough energy to teach anyone what he might feel needs to get done because of how great he's been, how great he was? That's always the question with 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 great players being coaches. But it's going to take a while, and he has to win. I'm not saying he has to win national championships. He he needs to win. He needs to win bowl games. Uh, and then at that point, it's it's he's he's solidified. But as far as him changing college football, 
I would like to know what exactly he's changing because I don't I don't know what that means. What is he changing? What would he change? Enthusiasm? Uh, college football already has that. Is he changing Colorado football? Okay. But to what degree? What does that mean changing? Are people going to go and buy Deion Sanders headgear and glasses for the next 5 to 10 years? Okay. If he merchandising, yeah. If he if he's there, yeah. But as far as the game, guys, at the end of the day, he's got to win. Otherwise, people are going to get turned off, and then they'll go find some other thing to get their jollies up. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news? information original videos articles podcasts opinion pieces and discussions about the los angeles lakers well look no further than lakerholics.com with a legion of followers always there talking about everything lakers and the nba there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run so stop by and be part of the conversation today at lakerholics.com once again it's the lakers fast break it is of course our conversation on what we expect or what we're hoping for for tomorrow the first game of the expedition season for the lakers against the golden state warriors please tune in to our playback coverage here's the deal it's going to be a lakers fast break saturday for you i see it already i've got this in already got just i'm 99 sure magic man that it's going to be a Lakers fast break Saturday for everyone out there that's watching and listening because 3 p.m. you've got Lakerholic Spotlight, a.k.a. our pregame show. I might be able to even squeeze in another small episode because I'm trying to get a confirmation, but maybe even a Celtics redo uh, as far as real quick before the game starts. Once the game starts at 5.30, please head on over to playback.tv slash fast break. You'll see our live commentary and coverage right there for you. And then after that, after that, the post-game show, we're doing it again each and every game. There's no better post-game coverage than here at the Lakers Fast Break on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, Kick, just all over the place. Just truly appreciate wherever you catch us right here at the Lakers Fast Break. But in doing so, my friend, I want you to go ahead and think real hard, my friend. If there's one player you are 99% sure will step up on Saturday, which player do you think that will be? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Jalen Hood Shafino, Gerald. Really? Okay. He's been getting a lot of notoriety. And a lot of uh, people in practice have been talking. A lot of players have been talking about him. Now, this may much be in more, garbage time. Yeah, like, well, much, much more glowingly than you, Joe, or myself ever talked about him in Summer League because, frankly, he looked bad in Summer League. We're not going to take those words back. You know, this is something that Joe will say maybe down the road we we're maybe looking at a little too harshly or whatnot. But you know what? We called it like we saw it. He looked bad. But all week long, he has been getting praise from AD, from Christian Wood, from several players in the Lakers organization have said a lot about JHS. So whatever he's done between the summer league and training camp, 
obviously has had a positive effect on him going forward, Sean. Mm-hmm. So, so, is it, so, go ahead, Joe. Is 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 it, if that's the case, that means he's hitting his shots. Absolutely, and then uh, he's maybe playing a little bit better defense as well. Yeah, because that 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 zero for ten uh, first game was was not a good look. No, no. I mean, and, but you know, Joe, when it comes down to it as well, using the Luca San Filippo, uh, I guess, grid here, grading grid that we're going to go ahead here based off of the comments that he made on last night's video, which he still thinks is uploaded and wasn't live, but need I digress on that? Which player are you 99% sure you're thinking will step up tomorrow in the absence of LeBron? Austin, and maybe, I don't know if anybody else is being called out. We'll find that out on Twitter. But as of now, uh, just Austin and LeBron. I'm going to say D'Angelo Russell will step up tomorrow. Okay. I think it it, it sets up uh, it sets up the offense for him to control the, the offense, control the ball, and, and create and get the benefits of the shots because you know you don't you not don't have Austin Reeves or, or LeBron controlling the ball and dictating the offense and shooting. Those are two players that are going to be shooting a lot in that starting lineup. So two of them are gone. Now you're the other guy. It's it's Russell, Austin, and LeBron that are going to be shooting more than anyone on this team. I, I mean shooting. Obviously, AD is going to be shooting as well, but his is more going to be towards the basket. I'm talking jump shots. So I'm I'm expecting Darvin Ham to tell D'Angelo, hey, this this is your offense now. Get the shot up, make some shots, draw everybody to you as much as you can so we can open up the lane a little bit. So D'Angelo's the guy I'm looking for. All right, Kenneth, we're not going to crucify, you know, them, Sean, and I'll go back to you on this. We're not going to crucify them if they win or if they lose because you really can't gauge anything in the exhibition season. Lakers have had miserable exhibition seasons, and they've ended up having great seasons. They've had great exhibition seasons and had had poor results. So I don't really want to go and, and – take anything from a win or a loss and joe said it's you know if he'd be fine with a three and three record as long as he saw improvement gelling as a unit etc etc all the things that we want to see as lakers fans so i won't take anything too much out of just a score unless they just totally give up entirely but there's a lot of guys that are trying to buy for some playing time I am 99% sure Max Christie will step up to the plate tomorrow. That's my call. I know Juan in the chat is uh, thinking Cam Reddish, and I think he's going to get a lot of burn, and I think that's a very sound pick as well. But I think for the reasons which we talked about in great detail yesterday, Magic Man, I think Max Christie has to start putting his foot down and putting his his name in there as a set part of the rotation because even he and his comments – in recent days has said even he is not sure he's going to be a regular part of the rotation. It's up to him. It's up to him now to go ahead and be assertive and put his two cents in there to be a regular part of this rotation. Absolutely, Gerald. You know, when you're 
when you're um, and the same thing well let me just say this. and the same thing like Juan agrees Juan good point same thing goes for Cam Reddish as well yep like yep and um the the point is if see Gerald it's really interesting right there were certain guys last year who didn't make shots but Darvin Ham continued to play them why because they continued to play defensively they continued to play hard with effort um it's incumbent upon both those players, Christie and Reddish, to do those things. Gerald, you can't fit a square peg in a round hole. So I can't really ask uh, a guy to do more than I know he's not capable of doing. Uh, Max Christie is very capable of being a good point of attack defender. He's very capable of sustaining that effort for 24 seconds on multiple possessions because we saw him do it last year and in the summer league drill. He also improved his shot from the beginning of the season up until around uh, mid-February. Now, unfortunately, if you want to break an omelet, uh, you want to make an omelet, you got to break some eggs. Christie fell out of the rotation last year. Did he yep. self-complain, pout? Nope. Got better. Got decided. I'm gonna get better. Came in summer league. Uh, Helen Wheels played very well. Uh, the expectation is that the, he continues that same that same effort. The effort can always be sustained with Christie. It's whether or not he continues to be consistent with it. If he's consistent with the effort, Gerald, there's no question he's gonna get playing time. His shooting has improved to the point where they have to. He saw, he saw what happened with Austin Reeves. Max Christie is, was a great example of somebody we saw up close and personal. What happens when a team asks you to do the things you do best while you're on the court, and if you do that, we'll give you more responsibility. If he can't get that now, Gerald, after seeing the, the jump Austin Reeves made, I mean, I don't think he's ever going to learn it. So I, I, I'm, I'm with you. And I personally think that he's the one amongst all that group of the four of them, Christie, Hayes, Reddish, and Wood, that has the most appro- most to prove uh, on the Lakers. I don't know about that. Uh, he does have a lot to prove. Uh, but as far as saying he has the most, I think there's a ton of things, both Hayes, Reddish, well, uh, the big was, difference. They between, all have something to prove. Hold on, Gerald. The, uh, the reason I say that is because the big difference to me is that they drafted Christie. The three other yeah. guys have been brought in. Yeah, that's true. But still, they've got uh, the other three guys have terrible reputations in this in this league right now. Uh, in fact, you know, if you right, heard right, and would you if you would if you, you if you listen to the Hoop Collective, you heard Tim McMahon, who's been covering the Mavericks for years, uh, you know, noting how the Mavericks organization from what he was inferring to or paraphrasing how glad they were to have him gone out of that organization. And if that's the case, that just leaves such a bad mark or a cloud over your head continuously. You got to do what you can to play well for your team now and him being a great part of a playoff run or Jackson Hayes being a great part of a playoff run or Cam Reddish being a great part or even Max Christie, all of those things will help either redeem those three or in the case of Max Christie, bring him into the spotlight. So they all have something great to prove for their futures oh, going forward. Sure. And I'd, I'd, I'd uh, do it in ascending to descending order. 
the least the person with the least amount of proof is probably Jackson Hayes. Gerald, you can't you can't be a a, a genius overnight. Doesn't happen like that. So he's he, he's steady. If he get if he get if he improves a little bit, great. Goes to oh, another and, and team. Darren. And Darren, we talked to the guys from We Talk Mavs. Yeah, no, we are here are not not to, you know passing yeah. off any of the responsibility on Jason Kidd. Jason it was Kidd, split. Uh, it was split yeah. basically. He did Gerald not want right. him. He did not want Christian Wood to be traded there. He did not want him to be a part of the team. It was evident from the very start. His comments alluded to that absolutely. And we talked about it on our interview with We Talk Mavs, which you should check out in the archives if you haven't already on our actually new brand new playlist that covers the team previews no yeah it's not a problem i'm not saying that i'm just telling you uh what was inferred today by tim mcmahon of espn in regards to the words he got back from the organization that was paraphrased that he paraphrased say that how much of a addition by subtraction similar what we thought about russell westbrook and what the organization i'm sure feels about russell westbrook john they feel about christian wood it's addition by subtraction. Now, Russell Westbrook has done so much better for, for himself and for the, uh, being on the Clippers. Christian Wood can do the very same thing for us here on the Lakers. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. It's never like, – that's why, to me, he's, he's just below Christie because there's never been a question about what he could do on the court, Gerald. Never. Um, so – uh, and you know that conversation with uh, with Rio and King, uh, you could check it out, guys, because uh, they were really um, adamant that you know a lot of Christian Wood's um, perceptions from the outside uh, are incorrect, and you know there's there's more to meet the eye. Gerald, but Gerald's right; it was split, kind of down the middle. Uh, some Mavs in the front office like Christian Wood. A lot of them didn't. And so they they kind of showed him the door. And Gerald, uh, I was kind of trying to make this point uh, on Lakerholics, although, you know, uh, it's hard getting a word in edgewise when Jamie and Tom are... Uh, yeah, good luck. Yeah, for, forget the fact that other people are, are on a, a pod with them, but uh, the fact... <laughs> The fact, that. yeah, well, other people are here. Who, who what, what? Doesn't matter. The difference, yeah. Yeah. The the main emphasis behind that wood trade for Dallas, Gerald, was to open up the roster spots. It a, a lot of people made hay about acquiring Christian Wood, but that was for the roster spots. Um. So yeah, I th- I just think you know, Gerald, it it like it looks like everything's rosy right now, like peaches and cream. We're going to find out soon because there's going to come a time when Christian Wood is tested on the court and maybe he doesn't respond the way everyone thinks he should. And that'll, that'll be um, looked at microscopically because, as you said, Gerald, there's that joke that uh, you'd have to call LeBron the greatest of all time if he could turn Christian Wood's career around. So, my friend... Mr. Joe Soro, before we head on out, I want to go ahead and ask you your thoughts tomorrow. Are you excited for everybody seems in the chat? They're excited for tomorrow. It just seems like another step getting closer to the season. It really kind of getting amped up for it. I'm seeing a lot of new faces and a lot of familiar faces. We haven't seen the entire summer now popping up in our chat room. 
this evening, which is a great surprise and actually a very welcome one indeed. It seems like the fans are getting geared up. Are you getting geared up for tomorrow's game against Golden State? I'm gearing up for the season, and I'm, I'd like to see the activity we got like like we had during the draft on the show. Or free agency season. The draft, in my opinion, was the best time. There was a lot of excitement about who the Lakers were going to get, especially after <laughs> worrying about what was going to happen in this draft. And if Shafino turns out to be a, the right pick, it's going to be even better. But the Lakers have a lot of what-ifs on this team. And there's not enough minutes to truly have every single guy hit. I hope you all know that. So there's yeah. going to the, 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 the right amount of hits is going to likely match the wrong amount of hits. And I, I think Laker Nation needs to understand that there's not enough minutes. You, you would, can't have all four of the individuals or no. five of the individuals that, you know, we're, we've been talking about all of them be able to step up and get that same opportunity. There's just not enough minutes. Exactly. There's going to be more games where there's going to be a concentration of certain lineups that we're going to see game in and game out. And it's going to leave those who are probably trying to prove themselves out. And that's the part I believe that actually might be the hardest part of Darvin Ham's coaching this year is how is he going to mentally I would say Lonnie Walker, everyone, because Lonnie Walker was the epitome of a professional last year and he was rewarded. He rewarded himself. He was rewarded by essentially helping the Lakers win a critical playoff game. A lot of times that doesn't happen. A role player doesn't just come out of nowhere and just doesn't miss, but because he was a professional he was able to do that. That's why AD and LeBron were just enamored with him after the game. I think that was probably the best feeling I, I had last year in terms of a, a win because of how happy AD and LeBron were and how they were congratulating him. And then, of course, Rui getting a DNP and instead of pouting, looked in the mirror and said, what the hell am I doing wrong? Wouldn't ask for guidance from the best player of his era. And he goes, Oh, I'm paraphrasing and I'm guessing. Oh, really? I'm glad you came. Uh, I'm going to show you how we do it. I'm going to show you how, how, how you can do it. And guess what? He did it. So there's a lot of positiveness in that there will be that there are going to be players that understand their roles. They're going to know that they're going to play 12 minutes, one game and 22 minutes, the next, maybe four minutes, the next, if, and if, and a lot of people kind of don't truly understand the apprentice mentorship role, Gerald. Uh, a lot of it stems from the apprentice showing humility and walking up to the mentor and saying, please teach me. A lot of young people don't kind of have that humility in them today, Gerald. And it was good of Rui Hashimura. Uh, to actually show not just LeBron, but also himself, how humility leads to progress. Always. 
always. Sorry for interrupting, Joe, but I thought that was kind of important to mention. It's there's a goal here to win a championship, and there are players that need to extend their careers in the way that they want to extend it. So there's a lot of incentive this year in so many different ways. So we're going to find out who values both and can execute it. And that's that's the, the exciting part. I want to see which player or players become fan favorites for us this year that haven't been fan favorites. We'll find out, my friends. Uh, and it all starts tomorrow again. Starts you off on a great afternoon with, of course, Lakers weekend. Lakers, please go ahead and make sure you check out, as far as it's concerned, what we're doing at the Lakers Fast Break. Laker fans out there. Of course, it starts off with Lakerholic Spotlight. We're going to go ahead and make sure we cover even more the upcoming game later that day. It starts off at 3 p.m. Saturday, so go ahead and check that out. Plus, also as well, go ahead and check out our live coverage of the Golden State Warriors and the Los Angeles Lakers right there for you at playback.tv slash fast break. And speaking of Warriors, go ahead and check out Magic Man's great conversation on Let's Go Warriors, a big, huge 165,000 subscriber channel. And actually our good friend, Mr. Magic Man, Sean Grice was on there last night doing a great job. I might add again, People were complimenting him. The whole chat room there was complimenting him left and right. Go ahead and hear what he had to say when you get a chance, an opportunity at Let's Go Warriors. Plus also as well, of course, playback.tv saw Sacred's fast break for the game. And then after the game, hop back over here to hear our thoughts on the first exhibition game as far as the, oh, of course, the post-game shows are concerned. Our first post-game of the season. It is the exhibition season, of course, but truly enjoyed uh, the time that we spent with you over the course of the past four seasons, and we're looking forward to doing it one more time, and we're going to go ahead and hopefully do it for continuous years and seasons to come. But Magic Man, I cannot say enough. You've done a great job. We had a great summer looking back on it. Obviously, our coverage of the draft, like Joe said, we blew up over free agency in that first weekend. We had uh, as many as 200, 250 people in the chat room at the same time. It was absolutely just fantastic. Just at that point in time, we grew huge. We got over 1,000 subscribers, and we're still uh, you know, just going and growing and growing right now. So just cannot thank enough everyone for being a part of that. And then on top of that, as the cherry on top of the Sunday. You and I worked hard behind the scenes and we managed to go ahead and get 29 experts from all around the world to go ahead and talk about their teams in our team previews for this upcoming season. Well done, my friend. Well done indeed. Thank you very much, Gerald. I appreciate that. And uh, um, your support means everything, Gerald. And uh, we've been able to uh, put together, I think something very special here and uh, it's just the beginning. The best is yet to come for the Lakers fast break. And I'm 99% sure that's correct right there for you. Absolutely. Indeed. So it was a comment that was made. You know, they've done studies. Go ahead. (laughs) Uh, Darren. Yes. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Your kind words. Uh, Yes. Uh, uh, Big shout out to Luca. Big Everyone knows where that's from. Shout out. <laughs> Big
big shout out to you, Luca. Uh, you know, we, we've been teasing as far as it's concerned, but uh, we truly Time appreciate you watching. Uh, again, it was not it was not <laughs> uploaded. It was a live show last night. Our audience was live, and it was a true live show. I'm sorry that it did not come at the resolution that you were hoping for. As far as that's concerned, I don't know why that it happened for YouTube like that, using the same camera. Magic Man's using the same camera, so whatever happened for you as far as the viewing experience, uh, hopefully that'll be rectified now that Joe's here as well. So for Joe Sorrel, Magic Man Sean Grice, it's me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching this. And Kurt, great job uh, helping out in the chat, moderating the chat, because I know Search wasn't here this evening. Give him a night off. The guy deserves it. He is the hardest working guy. He goes, I will tell this to my audio audience, Search and Destroy. He does a fantastic job of moderating not only this chat, Empire Jeff. I think he does Lakers in five. I don't know if he does anymore, but he just does a fantastic job wherever he does, uh, wherever he is. He, you know, he doesn't ask for anything in return. He just does it because he enjoys it. And we're just truly grateful to have him here. Kurt absolutely uh, did a great job of filling in for today. Uh, uh, Kurt says, Grazie Search has big shoes to fill. Well, it's from doing all those virtual push-ups hurt you know he has you doing 2000 he has he's been doing 2000 himself so magic man great to have you here my friend but yeah and on sunday sunday i even forgot to mention again on sunday sunday 9 a.m joe are you going to be there because it's a special lakers 101 i actually set up just for you and sean on that probably not oh you do something for the guy with him in mind and Unfortunately, he's Sunday not mornings show. are not good. Gee, well, it was his schedule. Season. He's flying out. It's 9 a.m. before the game start. It's for you, my friend. It's the author of oh my gosh. I'll try to not, make it. I'll try to make it. I just if you can, because again, Rich Cohen, he created a book, right? He just it got released in September when the game was war, the NBA's greatest season, which he says in the book, 1987. 88 mm-hmm. and of course who won that season in what he deems is the greatest nba season of all time the los angeles lakers right there i have a question yes if len bias doesn't pass away do the lakers win in 1987 i still say yes yes of course i'm biased on that so maybe that's maybe that's a great question we should bring him in on as far as on one Lakers 101. That's why we need you here. You, Magic Man, hopefully Laker Nick as well. Uh, you know, I, I sent you the PDF. You guys got a chance to check it out? I have for it, Gerald. I've been reading it. Yeah, absolutely. So Joe is always prepared. Yeah, of course. So <laughs> always prepared for something. I'm yeah, all, that's oh, for sure. Prepare, preparation is always there. It just depends on what. But we will have Rich <laughs> we will have Rich Cohen, author again of the book. Please go ahead and check it out today. You can get it on Kindle for 14 bucks, audiobook for six bucks, and hard Vinyl Vinyl was a Vinyl was a great show that HBO shelved yes. for, for no reason. Which you said so. he was a great part of. Was he the author of the book that inspired HBO it? shelves shows because they can't afford to produce it? Was he the author of the book that inspired vinyl? I believe so. Yes. Okay. Similar to what Jeff Perlman was. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So I will say again, Rich Cohen will be available for Lakers 101 on Sunday at nine. When the game was war, the NBA's greatest season, which is available now 
at was Amazon. It, was 1987 the greatest season? That's what he's saying. He'll tell you well, why. He, That's the idea. He's going to explain why on the show. And you guys, with your encyclopedia knowledge, are supposed to, you know, ask him. You're probably not going to be here, so you, you'll you'll uh, you'll be uh, a little left in the dark there, Joe. I mean, I'm kind of thinking of both you guys. So at least we're going to have magic. Well, we can't help that uh, he's got places to be. You've got places to be. He's got places to be. It's just, it's really hard to coordinate everything. Well, no, I'm not. I'm I'm not going to go go there. I'm not going to go there. Joe wants to go there. He could go there on his own time. Yes, absolutely. I hope you decide to make it, Joe, because again, I think it would be a great conversation that I'm sure you would enjoy covering that period of time with the Lakers finished off by a repeat performance in the NBA finals. So we'll see what happens. But once again, it's the Lakers fast break. We've got a full weekend mapped out for you and hope you will be a part of it. If you have any questions for us, Lakers fast break at yahoo.com or Lakers fast break on social media, or I try to get to it as soon as I can in the YouTube comments after it goes off the air as fast as I can. Uh, as soon as I can, I try to devote some time to it. If I do not do it in, in the time you want, I, just bear with me. We've got so many comments that come through on the YouTube channel. Please bear with me indeed. But it is, of course, the Lakers fast break. Thanks so much again for watching listening. We'll be back tomorrow, starting with Lakerholic Spotlight, Saturday at 3. I truly appreciate it. PMC, Darren, Darren, always great to have you here. Always appreciate everything you do. Intel Wild, always appreciate everything you do. Of course, the Super Chats, immensely grateful for the Super Chats again this evening. Bloodhound, uh, you know, just so many great. Kenneth Stone came back. Uh, we also had some new viewers as well. Big shout out to you. Uh, truly appreciate it. Hopefully you'll join us again real soon, starting tomorrow. Lakerholic Spotlight will be on. There's Saturday at three and then the game right afterwards. Please join us. Playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. And of course the post game show, the best post game show anywhere on planet earth is right here at the Lakers fast break podcast.